0: From Lubbock Community Theater, this is Five Tell Places.
1: Thank you, Thank you Five. Five.
0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of LCT's Five Tell Places. as you get things started off. I'm Jed. I'm
1: Heather. I'm Charlie. I'm Beth. I'm Daniel. I am I'm Chad Anthony Miller. And he's stepping on lines already.
2: (laughs) I thought you said after Beth. I thought you said after Beth. You don't have Uh, to make
0: you don't have to make an issue out of it. I I can fix that in post. I can cut that out.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure about the new guy. (laughs) I know, but it's funnier it's funnier to call him out on it. (laughs) that's exactly
2: right it's
0: it's a it's a great way to uh to alienate our guest and not make him feel welcome at all thank (laughs) you by making fun of him in the first five minutes of the show Yeah, but he knows me he's fine (laughs) fair enough fair enough okay so uh we've got we've got quite a bit of to talk about today an interesting topic and i'm actually going to turn it over and let heather take the lead (laughs) on this discussion because it was her idea
3: You know, I have ideas sometimes. Some are great, some are not so great. We'll see which one this turns out to be. Uh, Mabel will probably be joining us too. She is having a very vocal day, so uh, fix it in post, Jed. Fix it in post. (laughs) I
0: I do a lot, actually. uh, There are times when I can't can't quite cut her out, but there are also times when she sneaks through. So, as is life with an infant, there's no real way to. uh, As I have mentioned
3: in the past podcasts. People with babies do theater sometimes. It's true. All right, so... We are going to be talking about, okay, so everyone knows the whole Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. We all know how we are best friends with Kevin Bacon, but I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about the Six Degrees of LCT, because one of the things that I love so much about LCT in our community of actors and artists is how many of us have gone on to do other things, either regionally or nationally or worldwide um we've got a lot of talent in lubbock and it's just kind of a breeding ground for it so that's why i'm so glad to introduce chad anthony miller so he can talk to us about some of his projects
1: now that's a segue (laughs)
3: dang
2: (laughs) that is that is a total segue uh miss mona thank you so much um I actually got my start at Lubbock Community Theater. Many of you may know that. That is back when we were located in a family video in Kingsgate. That is. Uh, that was the first building that nice. I remember, right? <laughs> right next to Sprouts, guys. We were
4: classy. So classy. So classy.
2: We moved right from there into the s q Clothier building, which was downtown on Broadway. So that was another location that we had. Um, my first role with LCT was as Moody McPherson and Sylvia Ashby's uh, Anne of Green Gables, which I think LCT just did a revival of not too long ago. So that was the first time that I appeared as, uh, or was listed in the original cast. So that was kind of cool. And then Kim uh, Murkison or Ansel Aubert, uh directed me in Big River, which was my first major musical for Lubbock. And then I went on to do some of the first Methodist church ones. Beth Brown may remember these. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh... What's the sound of music? I was Rolf back in the day when my beard was actually, um, well, when I didn't have a beard, when I was far less gray (laughs) than I am now and could actually play a 16-year-old. And then I had this brilliant idea that around 1993, uh, when many of you were not even born yet, to move to New York. And that's where I uh, set off on my path to become a professional actor. So I did a children's theater tour of the Velveteen Rabbit, which actually came back through and played at the Civic Center in Lubbock. (laughs) So there was a nice... Uh, coming home. Nice hometown show. That's exactly right. And then I did a couple of regional things. And then I had the opportunity, I guess, when was Ripcord? Like two years ago, Pam and Jay Brown would commonly come to New York uh, to see a variety of Christmas shows. And we happened to all be seeing uh, Falsettos. I think Falsettos was on Broadway that season. And they're like, what do you think about like maybe coming back and directing something for LCT? I was like, oh my God, that would be like a huge homecoming reunion. So I came back and directed Ripcord, where, where I met Heather May, which is great. Actually, we met in a Lubbock Moonlight Musicals um, audience, I think, seeing uh, Annie Burge in Sister Act, right? That was that was how we Heather did. and I, yes, that's how we first crossed paths because Heather's daughter was in Sister Act at the time. So. Yeah, I got to brag on mine. <laughs> <laughs> Heather and I became fast friends then. She was uh, in Ripcord. That was such a it, insanely fun experience. And it just uh, refolded me back in the LCT family. So I decided to extend my stay from six weeks to six months. (laughs) And then ended up doing...
0: um,
2: (laughs) What did we do that year, Heather? We did uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, directed by Aaron Castle. And then we did Bessel Whorehouse in Texas, directed by uh, Pam Brown. And then... We did nine to five, which was directed by Heather. So it was like it was, it was a great year last year. In between all of those things, and since I've been in New York, I did some film and TV projects along the way. So um, you can blink and you'll miss me. See me in some cameos in Thirty Rock and General Hospital, Criminal Minds. Uh, one of my famous auditions that I didn't—I auditioned for Modern Family. Ugh, didn't get it. Parks and Rec. Ugh. Didn't get it. But that's just because they were holding out for me for Criminal (laughs) Minds. That's what I'm saying. For the nurse that got shot. Uh, I decided somewhere... Oh, you got to die on TV? I died. I had squibs and everything. It was like a... You can see that. I will share that link so that you guys can all see that. And then I also played a nurse in General Hospital. So there's something very... Telling about me playing all these medical professionals on, on TV. Right. <laughs> um, somewhere along the way, too, I had done UIL improv in high school, and I'd never really let that bug go. I wanted to definitely figure out how to do improv somehow in my life. And so I trained at both Upright Citizens Brigade and the Groundlings. Uh, the Groundlings being in L.A. UCB is in New York and L.A., but I did the New York training there. And then I ended up doing a variety of unscripted film projects, which is basically, you have a rough idea of what you're going to do for the film, but the dialogue has not been set in stone. The actors are working within a framework to to see what they can come up with organically. So I did An Ordinary Family, uh, which you can find on Apple TV currently, if you are streaming at home and want to watch that. And then some movies called Damned If You Do, Big Break, uh, Such a Funny Life, and my most recent one, Batshit Bride, which... I don't know if we can say that That's the name of the title. That is the name of the wow, title. Oh, <laughs> you're free. That uh, drops, I think, in May. The trailer's out for that now. And then I also uh, co-created a web series called Ponies Live on Broadway. So I've tried to stay uh, busy. I started off as an actor, but now I feel like I'm more of an actor, writer, director. I think like uh, the, the best performers are those, and Heather and Beth and Daniel. Actually, everybody here can attest to this. Like The more you know about one thing, it just informs every other discipline that you're doing. Right. And I think that you see a lot with today's performers, especially people coming out of middle school and high school now, right? Like, you're camera phone ready, so you are are your own producer 24 hours a day. So why not learn as much as you can about these other disciplines so you can really create your own art? And segueing again, we are in the perfect time for people to be at home and be creating their own art.
3: Oh, Mm -hmm. and there's so much going
2: around right now. So much. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, there's no real silver lining to what's going on. Like it is obviously a a horrible situation that we're all in. But I think if you look around creativity is having like a slight uptick lately, because I think people are really trying to figure out how to use their time at home and instead of like Mm -hmm. locking themselves into like a Netflix frenzy, they're like, why am I watching all this content when I can create my own? So I think we're going to see some really exciting dynamic projects come out of this period. Yes. Yes. I agree.
3: Well, I'm sorry about Modern Family and Parks. Oh, and Rec. it was so fun, yeah. though.
2: It was so fun. To I do. have to
3: tell you, I was really? in line at Katie. Stu- oh, I did Katie Studios in Dallas back in the day. My mom would cart me the hour and a half drive from Mahayre, Texas, because the cl- <laughs> the closest community. I didn't know that's where
4: like- you were from.
3: I am. I'm from Mahayre, Mahayre, Mexia. Literally <laughs> on the sign, it says home, no matter how you say it. And as long, I'm pretty sure they're going to put Anna Nicole Smith up there on the board at some point as well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. I used to, she used to cart me there and I was in a cattle call, I think, for Disney's The Big Green. And I got through like the first three or four rounds in that audition. I got pulled out by Luke and Owen Wilson's group to audition for Bottle Rocket because they thought I vaguely looked Hispanic. That's what they were literally just pulling okay. anybody out of the line. It was. You were very, very
2: tan that summer. You were very, I was very tan, tan. Right.
3: Um, but yeah, it was a really, a really neat experience to say, "Oh, almost, almost, almost." Yeah. I do have my feet in a couple of movies, and yeah. I had, uh, <laughs> I was in Wishbone. Anyone remember Wishbone?
2: Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Yes. My scene yeah. ended
3: up on the cutting room floor, but I still get credit for it.
2: Nice. Heather, you and I can relate. My hands actually appear on a Ouija board in Unsolved Mysteries. If anybody remembers that. Oh, nice. It was a satanic cult killing down in San Angelo. And that was actually my first (laughs) TV gig. I totally forgot that that happened. In San Angelo? San Angelo. We all, like, uh, there was Tony Cobb who, I mean, this will tie in exactly to what Heather is going to talk about later. But so many people have come out of Mm Lubbock and have returned home to, um, bring their talents back and to help nurture new talent or be mentors to new artists that are, that are always cropping up in Lubbock. And one of them was Tony Cobb. And that happened back during uh, my high school, not to date Tony, but during um, my high school <laughs> years. And she got a bunch of Monterey High School students, Coronado, Lubbock High. It was a very high school ecumenical project at the time. And we all played like these uh, kids that got involved in the satanic cult killing. Like She did all the local casting. She also hmm. did the casting for Leap of Faith, like she worked on some of the um, background and feature performers for *Leap of Faith*, which shot up in Amarillo. No Woody Allen. Plain, was, it, that was, that it was it was Plainview
1: Steve... because I lived in Plainview at the time. And uh, the deal. Okay. Oh yeah.
2: Steve Martin. <laughs> it was Steve Martin and Deborah Wing. Yeah,
1: I lived in I lived in a house owned by Steve Martin. That was actually in Evelyn, but he owned a house what? that I lived in. So, true story. That work. is
2: fascinating. So. See, <laughs> I love that. And the thing that's so great about Lubbock is that. There is no shortage of art or creativity here <laughs> and there will always be a way for us all to find like these mechanisms and these people to pull together to create our own projects.
3: Leah Tyson Houchin worked on that unsolved mystery. She
2: was also in unsolved mysteries. Yes. <laughs> That she right. went
3: on to do casting stuff with tony uh, as well correct didn't they do a woody allen movie as well
2: they may have i mean like kindergarten cop was also happening at the time tony was in uh, lubbock for a while and then she went back to dallas i know that leah ended up going to uh, marymount for school i think yeah. um but she was she played in the unsolved mystery she actually had lines she was like a full on supporting piece she She was the best friend of the person that was killed. So of course they're interviewing her. Like, what do you think happened? she's like, well, I don't like we were friends. And then she just got involved in this cult. And then (laughs) great great performances, guys. Great performances. I bring it out out at Leah's (laughs) birthday. Whenever we
3: have cast parties, I bring it out, and show everybody.
2: It's great, As, as you should. I mean, my first thing on video in New York was, <laughs> this is so stupid, um, Dr. Joy Brown had like a reality show, and she was bringing on people who were afraid of things, and I was afraid of snakes, so I went on... Um, live tv to have like these snakes draped around me to see if i could be hypnotized no. to, to get over my no no, no
0: no nope was that a horrible experience or
2: um i you know i still won't drape them around me but i think there's something about like when everybody's watching you thinking like this should work right like we're all we're all watching mm-hmm. you be hypnotized That i think your own endorphins kick in and you're like well i can't be the one that doesn't doesn't get over my fear so for that moment for that 15 seconds of whatever I had like a python and a boa both wrapped
1: around me. We we just recently got a snake and he's super cute. His name is Gus.
3: That is our six degrees of LCT to uh, Joe Exotic. So, speaking of. (laughs) No, like, hear me out. I Listen.
4: refuse. I flat refuse.
0: No, there is no. no way. I haven't even I have I have not watched Tiger King and I'm already so done with hearing about <laughs> nope, that show. No, are you kidding? Carol Baskins in the musical? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to know. It is a
3: trending topic, my friends. So here's my point. Listen. So you have nope. the, the snakes draped on you, right? You're thinking about yep. Britney Spears with the snakes draped on her. The uh, the animal handler for Britney Spears video for that is the ans- the Dr. Anne from joe exotics tiger no there you go
0: okay but but that that first that first jump is kind of a reach though saying that you having snakes on you reminds you of the britney spears video that's not an actual all snakes are related in some form or fashion (laughs) that's not the same as like like consciousness if it it had been one of the snakes that was draped on britney spears (laughs) then we'd have a connection oh yeah i
2: guess (laughs) <laughs> i would i would not wish that on on anybody that was i mean yeah, there are a lot of people that love snakes but I, I will honestly say oh, they're that okay they are not my most affectionate pet of choice
0: so i'm that way like i i don't mind snakes. i'm cautious around snakes mm-hmm. just for this but i'm not worried about them i'm severely arachnophobic though oh and I would, yeah uh, me, uh, too. me too i i've I've it had people severely. talk about, yeah, no, oh yeah, no it's toys, really bad. No
4: toys, no <laughs> photos. No, I have never seen arachnophobia. Why do people ask no, me that? I, know, I would never, like,
0: Why would ever. I do that?
2: Oh, just talking just about to it go gives back me and the heebie watch Charlotte's Web, Charlotte's Web. I no, like
4: see, that. I, I can watch Charlotte's can watch Web that. as a kid. I can watch like, that.
0: Oh, I know. I know who Lucas is, but yeah, no, no, <laughs> because it's. I look at that face, and it's still like a spider, and I can't do it.
2: We love you, but
0: spider. I've. We love you, spider. <laughs> spider. Must stop, spider. Oh, spider. <laughs> <laughs> it's, they might be
1: giants. For yes, that is exactly
0: uh, right. What we're doing. We're, yeah.
1: Um, I have a sort of connection to something that Chad said earlier. You were talking about the show you were on where it was like loosely scripted. Yep. So, um, I was part of a web series called The Cat um, for a couple years, probably in like 2011 to 2013, something like that. And
2: On YouTube, guys, you can still find it. It's on yes.
1: YouTube. Yeah, yes. YouTube.com forward slash The Cat web series, all one word, because if you just try to search The Cat, you will never find it. There are other cats on right. YouTube.
2: and I have tried that in the past. Yeah,
1: there are other cats you on YouTube. You get something crazy. So, um, but anyway, the way that on show. YouTube? Yeah.
2: What? Yeah, guys, and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: meow. The way that show worked was. Uh, <laughs> it like literally like each episode had like a sentence for what happened in the first half and a sentence for what happened in the second half but the actual dialogue and what like how it happened was all improv and uh and so made me think of that
2: yeah it's those are fun projects because like every day not that every day isn't dynamic when you show up on set anyway but you literally have no idea literally right pun intended you literally have no idea what you're going to say you just have a framework for these scenes and the way that films normally work is they shoot the wide shots first to get like everybody, you know, for the master shot, and then they will come in for your close ups once you're like really ready to finesse the scene. But in these unscripted Mm -hmm. things, they're shooting the close ups first because they don't know what's gonna come out of your mouth right away and they wanna make sure that they catch that. So shooting your close ups first like I don't know any actor that wants to shoot their close ups at like seven thirty in the morning. Like that is (laughs) that is not the way that you want to start, but it's just like such a, a interesting way of reshifting what that paradigm is for filming. And I just think it keeps you like really, really fresh. Like we did have a narrative arc and I'm sure that you had a narrative arc for mm-hmm. the cat web series. So you like, we knew roughly where we wanted to go. We just didn't necessarily know the steps that we we're going to take to get there, but it just kept it so fresh and so amazing. And the character development uh, was just, I mean, i've never had that experience working on anything else. like that that to me is like the most theatrical part of a of film and tv thing because what i miss about the theater when i'm doing film and tv like theater is so live right like you're just constantly feeding on what the audience is giving you and i think too mm-hmm. segueing to what we're going to talk about at the end thinking about doing like these zoom reading series and everything like now we're going to have these film and tv options but you're in everybody's living room or bedroom at the same time and you can see what everybody's doing so I think it's like the perfect hybrid of theater film and tv because you're going to get that immediate feedback from the people that you're seeing and then you also have the opportunity to also be on screen in a variety of places so
1: I'm excited about it if we ever do a reboot of the cat or finally finish season three which we need to do you should be in it be fun
2: I would I would love to do that I tell you
3: what, Daniel, Justin tells me that I should ask you about that all the time. He's like, hey, you should tell Daniel to reboot that. Oh, man,
1: I want to. I want to finish season three because season two ended on a cliffhanger. It pisses me off, so um, I know what happens, but nobody else does, so. uh, We just
2: need to crowdsource that and get that funding Heather's Heather's daughter
1: was in an episode. Was she? Yeah. yeah, she was in episode 30. She plays Kapow. She is auditioning to be on, uh, in the Cats supergroup.
3: Uh, I do not know this! <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I'm a horrible and then, mother. And then Jed is in episode 4. He has a voice in episode 1, and then he's in episode 4, and then he helps me do this song in episode 19. Yo, yeah, oh that God. song was a lot of fun. It was, because me and Jed used to be in a band yes. a long time ago, um together and so it was fun to get to make music together for that
0: and we made very silly music oh yeah it's real dumb silly things that's with our why
2: voices you know they might be that. giants that's that's how <laughs> yeah well comes oh yeah, yeah. Play. when uh...
0: well, they might be giants was uh the very first cd i ever bought with my own money as a child was, was i don't their, want to talk about what mine first... was it was eagle eye cherry this isn't game. bad yeah. <laughs> my, mine was my very first cd was the their
2: self-titled debut album. yep yep Mine may have been Mine Richard Marks. Cool. No, I'm kidding. I don't know what it yeah, was. It was so long ago. I, think
3: I had, I had a Dolly Carey Parton 8-track tape. Oh, Counting good. Crows. That was not good. Also cool.
2: good. Also good. Yeah.
0: That first Counting Crows album, I'll still go to bat for. Heck not, yes, and everything else. Not good. much sure. after that, but yeah, most of the Counting Crows after that I got real bored of because they became a pop band, but... Yeah,
1: my first CD was really good cuz it was Bush's 16 Stone and that I'll still that mm. al- album is still amazing. But the first one I bought with my own money was Eagle Eye Cherry, whatever the name of the album that had Save Tonight, which was the oh, only yeah. good song yeah. on that album. But you didn't know back then, you couldn't listen to the rest of it and then you you bought mm-hmm. it off you bought yep. it based on one song and then you're like, "Oh, this is a mistake." Like
4: actual CD, not not cassette. I'm going to talk about cassettes or LPs cuz I bought that stuff too. But the first CD yeah. I bought was the soundtrack to Footloose?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a good and one. <laughs> at
4: the at the same time, uh, REM's Monster.
1: Oh, that, oh I also, I do like uh, Monster.
2: Taking me back, yeah. taking me back. I think that this is a nice segue for us to talk about like what we would do for like a virtual LCT karaoke. Might Ooh, be bringing oh, some of these songs back. Be right? Fun. That would be fun. Like a little yeah. a little cabaret that we could do. A little black box. Mm-hmm. Laptop. Does
4: it have <laughs> to be musical theater? Does no. it have to be musical theater? Could do anything. No. Okay, I always, I always pick Bonnie Raitt at karaoke because it's nice and low. No, if anybody ever gets to hear
1: Travis Burge sing uh, CeeLo Green's "Fu," it's amazing. <laughs> <So
0: good. laughs> sure, it is. I could see that. I could see that being right in his range. Yeah.
3: I always
2: see, get see, scared you. of
3: karaoke. No Me
0: lie. Me too. Me too. I'm I don't the know. type
3: of person that rehearses and rehearses, and I always get in my head. So karaoke is like hell like
1: oh, hell. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Now the only way I would ever do karaoke is if we were like at someone's house and there was plenty of alcohol, so like not a bunch of people I don't know. Oh. Then I think I'd be okay. I've had a couple of I have to
0: tell. I've had a couple of cast parties that were at karaoke bars and I always I'm the guy who sits there and drinks while everyone else goes up to yep. sing.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too. I
2: think that you should just like be like footloose and fancy free when you do them. Um, we were recently Brianna <laughs> Moody uh, Moody <laughs> Yeah, Brianna Moody, right? Uh, who many of you guys know. I was like, she has a different name that somehow, Brianna Marie Moody, right? Is that what people yeah, might always say' Yeah, I think sometimes as?
3: Facebook, when, they, when people write out their names, uh, Yes. I, I picture it in my head that way, even though that's like maybe their maiden name or like a fun, yes, yes, yes. I always want to say Emily Swahili, even though I know that's
2: not <laughs> Emily's name. But I that, picture saying Emily's Waikiki whenever. That, I think That's about totally it. what I'm doing in my head yeah, right now. Yeah. Too. So Brianna and her husband Darren were recently on a Disney cruise with me and my partner. Uh, we were doing like a Panama Canal cruise, and we would go to karaoke every night. But we would try to find things to do that were probably like non-traditional. So I did a uh, rendition of George Michael's Faith with like elementary school kids as my backup singers. <laughs> which, nice. I mean, now guys, Faith isn't probably like the most children-friendly song, but we made it very friendly. Um, but I like, I like shaking it up. So I'll do things like (laughs) in in German (laughs) so that you get like, everybody going, what is he doing? What is he doing? The goal is that you just are uninhibited and and have fun. I mean, like you don't have to have like the best voice. You just have to be committed to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You don't have you don't want to
3: have anxiety when you do
2: karaoke. Is that what you're telling me? You don't, you don't want to do it. My
0: meds, my meds are not that strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. No,
1: I also like true. to sing. Um,
4: <coughs> I also like to sing Patsy Cline. And, yes! I, like to, and I like to sing uh, Alabama Shakes. Um, Ooh, I need to be that good. good bluesy alto women well, type. I was stuff. gonna say, yeah, have,
0: having being a woman with kind of a lower register like that lends itself to soulful bluesy type. Yes. Stuff.
4: Yes, but we don't get leads in musicals.
0: Right, we're so always, someone needs the blues and soul. That's musical right. We're always
4: we're always Rizzo. We're never <laughs> right. we're never Sandy. But Beth, do
2: but you know what that means? That just I means that all the be... composers. <laughs> that's true. Rizzo's a better better role, but that just means that all the composers that are listening today are going to write something for you as an alto. They're going to put right. you front. And center, that would be right? wonderful.
4: That'd be wonderful. We're just putting that out there in the world. I'm a pianist, but composing is not my gift.
2: Well, that's that's why you find somebody during this time and you you partner with them yeah, right
1: we, or or beth and I, I beth and i tried to write a musical together it did not it did not we go did
2: well. we
4: talked about it yeah. and then we kind of were like i i don't know so.
1: what was it about <laughs> yeah zombies about this. oh yeah, no it's it, uh. it's still gonna happen and it will be awesome it's like a love story it's a whole thing i don't have to go into it right now but it's it's fun it's, it's a love story <laughs> what's it's, the elevator pitch it's though? a love story in a cemetery with a a mismatch of horror characters and um they take it very seriously, even though they're singing about really horrific stuff. Like, it's very right. pretty, like this super like pretty duet between this like killer clown and a witch, about how they're gonna go on this like killing spree and kill a bunch of people. So, <laughs> nice. will it be nice. scored
2: by the Cranberries?
1: You guys no, uh, <laughs> Z- no. Oh.
2: Cranberries.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm actually have talked to. Uh, do y'all know the Ferrises, uh, Scott and Amy Ferris? I do. They're local. Um, Musicians and uh, anyway, they uh, like I mentioned it to them, but they were too busy at the time. And then I brought it back to them, and I was like, "Well, we don't have, a, you know, a, there's no deadline." And they're like, "Then we absolutely want to be involved. Like, let's add, let's do this." But then we all got sh- put into quarantine, and I haven't talked to them. So, right. Maybe we Well, it's a good time to to. Well, everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's a good
0: time for that. So, you can at least like bat ideas around back and forth. So I'd like to do karaoke, but I've always wanted to do uh, "Poor Unfortunate Souls," and I know oh. that Heather also wants to do "Poor Unfortunate Souls." So, so you make, make it, it a duet. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was about to say you yeah.
4: make a duet. Cast on the love. love. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: There might also be the opportunity for us to do like a miscast version of karaoke, right? Where the normally the the songs that are reserved for women are sung by men and men can That'd sing see like it doesn't really matter right because so what this you're is saying such a is i period. should
1: do what's up by four non-blondes <laughs> that's what you're saying what right i'm now. saying is
2: like why why limit in this virtual world we can be you know we can and be anything we want to do so um i would just say whatever you want to do that's what you should do because that's where your commitment level is really going to be the strongest
1: okay I
0: yeah
2: and I am sense. happy to take on the role of co-producer with that, <laughs> Heather, if you want to join me and we can get some people together. I think that'll be easy. That's right, Because everybody can sing from there. Uh, my partner currently is working on a virtual musical with somebody in L.A. Like they are all recording their pieces and they're sending them out to the director and he is going to montage them together into a musical. Nice. That's
3: cool. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be up where people can like, yep. live stream it or just watch yep. it? After it's recorded, both
2: both it'll be a, it'll be a live stream, and then they'll also have a version after that you can watch. And he has been practicing in our garage, so you can take any art space—I mean, any any home space—and make it into your art space.
3: I definitely feel like with all the streaming that's going on, it's the perfect time to be able to watch our local people or people we're connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I've already watched your ordinary family. I'd watched that before. Aww. I've already binged. I binged the cat while I was on maternity leave, Daniel. So I've watched it again this year. I think I watch it at least <laughs> once a year. But somehow you then, didn't
1: see the you, episode when with with how? Daughter? How did you
0: not know Kayla was in the show then? I
3: don't know. I guess maybe I'm. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was pregnant. I fall asleep a lot. I get up and go to the bathroom. But is there any other projects on, like, Amazon or Hulu that you guys have super been uh, wanting to binge? Especially, I have my friend, Matthew Tibbenham who has a movie which I think you would absolutely love. It's called um, The Confessions. The Confessions
2: is in the title, right? Like, something I yes. just saw that you posted about it. Let me see if I can find it.
3: Surviving Confession.
2: That's it. That's it. Surviving uh, Confessions.
3: It's so funny, but still heartfelt. Um, and he was—he was a filmmaker that I met um, back in the day. I used to have a lot of filmmaker friends that I include Daniel in, but we didn't do as much stuff together. I've
1: actually worked with oh, him yeah. a number of times.
3: Most of the people that I had kind of palled around with and did some projects with, other than Daniel, left. They all went to either California or they went to other places and they—they they moved on. I know. You're,
1: you're no. saying—you're saying I didn't make it. It's fine. Um, no, no, no. Daniel,
3: I'm saying you're an Emmy award winning. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm yes. just
1: kidding. I just win a different. So, life. I
3: don't have I don't it was it was fun meeting him and watching uh, the projects that come out of his um I don't know if it, his I don't know group. if it's streaming yeah.
1: anywhere, but he did a film called Take 2 um which I did the like behind the scenes video for, but I'm also like in one shot there's a shot where like it's in a bar and I'm totally sitting at the bar. So, nice. So there yes, you. I, I was, it
3: was the one I met him on as well.
2: So. Well, glomming on to that, I think that like a lot of people have gone off, um, and, and some have stayed in the city and some have gone off to other cities, clearly, and worked on these skills, like film and TV stuff. So I think LCT is uniquely poised right now to, and Heather, I know that you and I talked about this too last season when I was here, but finding a way to fold more multimedia projects back into mm-hmm. LCT because you have mm-hmm. these people that have the skills, and there's clearly, there's not that happening, right? Like, we just don't have an organization or a uh, arts venue that is currently employing those to full-time degree, right? And I think like you have enough people here within the LCT family, also the people that are spread around, you know, through Hub City, Cats, uh, Outpost, Texas Tech, like all all of these people, Lubbock Christian, all of these people can come together and, and work on these projects that serve the whole community, really, right? Because all it's really doing is promoting the arts and culture of West Texas, and there's no reason not to... Have Lubbock be more elevated, along with Dallas and Austin. like we definitely have the people. I just don't think that we have made a full fronted effort to make multimedia projects like a front and center thing for us.
3: Well, I think that's what the interesting thing about theater is when you think of theater, you're thinking about that live performance. You're thinking about that stage, and right. when you really peel back the layers, it's performing arts because it used to be kind of like this is theater and this is film, and they're two separate things, even that's though exactly they right. merge here and there. But I right. think what it's what this situation is actually causing us to do is really identify that it's all performing arts, and how how many different ways can you do that? And yes. I think it's been really cool to see how theater has been able to adapt and figure out, and just the creativity that's been flowing through everybody. So
2: yes, there are many different ways to tell a story, and everyone has its merit. So we should figure out how we can nurture those artists and cultivate those artists that are telling them in ways that haven't traditionally been told in Lubbock. That's what I would say. Exactly.
1: If we're talking about things that are coming up when this episode comes out, I think the Saturday after that, so uh, either a couple days from now, or if you're listening this way in the future, the Saturday after this came out, um, there's a guy named Austin Dean Ashford who did a show at LCT called Island Trap. That was amazing. Um, you saw it, Heather, right?
3: Oh, I absolutely saw it.
1: Yeah. Did it you see was it phenomenal. Yeah. I did see it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And then Charlie did not go see it. It's fine. It's I did fine. not get a chance, anyway. man. So, uh, anyway, so Island Trap uh, w- was an amazing show. Um, I got in touch with him. I work at the local PBS station and we do a show called Sound on Tap, which is like a half hour music program where we go and we... Uh, film uh, musicians playing in a space um, and so we actually got to go to Luca and film on Luca's stage um, hit him basically playing a concert with just him and a drummer and it's amazing and it'll be coming out the Saturday after this comes out so uh, that's what I was that's working cool. on. Awesome. That's what Very I've been good. working on all morning, um, and so that's LCT adjacent, yep. but it's it's really cool. We
3: have we have Austin slated to come back uh, once or twice this next year to do uh, an encore presentation of Island Trap, and mm-hmm. then his Black other Book. production called Black Book. Hopefully in January, yeah. it's kind of nothing nothing super set, but that is the goal and that's the plan. Uh, Austin's oh, yeah. been a wonderful yeah. artist. I,
2: I love that. I love that LCT could become like a home to develop new projects as well i think that that's a that's a forward thinking well, place and, for us to I, be because... i love
1: the fact that a, a one-man show that's a black guy rapping about you know odysseus uh can do really really well in Lubbock, texas and what's crazy is like the first two nights didn't sell out they got real close but they didn't quite sell out and then friday and saturday or saturday and sunday like were super, you know, I think there were a bunch of people who wanted to go who couldn't because yeah, of, the, because of, the, turned, word of was, the word of mouth well, was, the word of mouth was amazing. Well, I think that's,
2: that's, that's the thing, because I think the audiences in Lubbock have been trained to see the arts in a specific way too. And I think that a lot of them are hungry to see things in a different way. And if we become like a destination for them to know like, oh, we're we're going to see like this new dynamic work or this interactive work that we wouldn't see anywhere else, or oh, they're developing young talent to help them uh, see their projects to fruition, I think that's great, right? Like you're you're just expanding the the market of what LCT can do and then also what the culture of audience the the culture that audiences would want to see as well. Everybody wins, right? Everybody wins.
4: I just thought of something. I I don't have a whole lot to contribute to the people you know area of the conversation. When I did Savannah Sipping Society, one of our other cast members was Ira White Kelly. Yes. And Ira at some point was like a finalist on star search back in the day Oh, no, i uh, remember watching I think, star
0: search as a little kid uh,
4: she has an amazing amazing voice now she told us after savannah that she wasn't doing anything anymore um but her voice is just amazing beautiful voice yeah, she, she, she has a, being yeah.
3: in uh whorehouse with us playing jewel yeah. which she did for mm-hmm. the second time and she was in that. She was in that car wreck. That by that yeah. second weekend, and it was. I mean, it was devastating to watch her go through that. And look, but look at all the great things that she's doing now. I mean, yes.
4: I know it was exhausting for her to do Savannah in the um, motorized scooter, but it made that character so it much was, more. No, it, it totally
1: worked. If you didn't know it wasn't written that way, you couldn't tell. Yeah. Like it you'd have no idea. Yeah. Because it was one one
4: night during the first weekend, one night during the first weekend, she hit the door frame that led inside the house, and like the the door frame just went and fell over. (laughs) We worked around it though. It
3: was brilliant to see different abled people up on that stage. It's probably been the first time I'd ever seen a motorized wheelchair on stage, and it to work so seamlessly the way that they designed the set john keys was the set designer for that sean jones was the director i mean it was it was so amazing to see i mean it just it elevated that character 100 percent. yeah and we should see yeah more it really it. worked we should see more it worked of it. for her
2: yeah yeah I, I absolutely agree we need to see more uh more faces and body types that have been too often marginalized up on on stage that that is something that, like there there's room for every story at the theater, uh, definitely. That was actually so cool about her coming back to do Jewel. I remember seeing her as a high school student going to tech and seeing Whorehouse. So it was a huge honor to come back and like to see this person that you had respected so much to actually be on stage with them. And I hope that that continues to happen for all the people that leave Lubbock and come back. Like we just continue to have those connections of on and inspiring and helping, support and collaborate because. That's just going to continue to pay it forward as we move, move ever on into those golden sunset years.
3: They're coming for me.
2: Are you kidding? You're like the you're twenty years younger than me. You have no. You can't say that.
3: I don't. I'm think like that's Father true. Time. Are you kidding? I think I'm older 40. than this you is... think I am. Mm, I don't think so. How old are you? At uh, forty.
2: Okay, I'm forty. Wait, th- what? Uh, Forty-seven. <laughs>
4: Beth, yeah. are you up You're there not with
3: us? 20
0: years. I'm forty-two. I'll be forty-three in June.
1: Oh. Yeah, see, I'll be thirty eight in August, so <laughs> I'll technically be f- I'm thirty-nine.
3: I'm six months till forty.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> I'll be forty in a week. Yeah.
3: Happy
1: yeah. early birthday. Yeah, Thank his you. his Happy birthday young.
0: and Happy my son's birthday. birthday. Same day. So mm-hmm. I'm twenty eight. So. Yeah, so, so we can all talk about being young. Oh, young. There we go. Oh, young, lamb. So young, so young, so <laughs> young.
2: Precious lamb. But for, I mean, you were talking earlier about Eli. Eli, who is going to be going to Juilliard. At some point in like 15 years, he may come back and he will direct a new crop of high school students who may see him and be like, I also want to go to Juilliard. So I feel like we're all, we're all there to help inspire and, you know.
3: Eli Coleman and what Juilliard's acceptance rates like four point six percent or something like yep. that. Like that yep. kid has got the stuff.
1: Yeah, we talked yep. about him last week when we were talking about Young Frankenstein, and I lost the role of Igor to him. And I was like, Hey, there's the worse people you could lose the role to. The guy got yep. guy got into Juilliard, so because I didn't get into Juilliard. Mm. Listen, no, I, I,
2: mad mad props to him, but it doesn't. It doesn't really matter where you go to school. Are you committed? Are you having fun doing what you're doing? Right? Like every day, do you wake up and you're like, "This is exactly what I want to do"? That That's what you should leave yourself with at the end of the day. I think. Like, yes, the training is amazing. Yes, the onstage experience is great. But you know, you you have to find it within you, right? Like, you have to find what gives you your happy place or your laughing place, as Beth and I might call it from our, our ride at Disneyland, Splash Mountain. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to find your laughing place, right? Find it, and then it's you're going to be golden no matter what you do, and you can be just as happy and successful on a ten year running sitcom as you can be doing uh, theater in your hometown, right? Like, uh, success is such a relative thing. If you're happy Mm -hmm. doing what you're doing, if you're bringing joy to other people through what you're doing, that to me is like the hugest success that you can have. Yeah, that's that's what success is.
0: I think that's a fair definition. (laughs)
2: burl ives said it so it must be true
1: (laughs) (laughs) is there anybody else in particular we wanted to mention
0: whose whose work we could find uh, in other places
2: uh gw bailey's work we could find david Gashin's work uh sean jones sean jones randall rapstein's work um i think like if you, if you just pulled up any program that you've seen you know from a show and just started googling some names you'd be really surprised to see what everybody's yep. done right
3: i met randall rapstein we did harvey together which leah tyson Houchin directed i'm such i'm telling you six degrees and he played my brother i played um verna
1: I th- so thought for a second you he he played my brother i played his sister i thought that's what you were going to say and i was like yeah to clarify I, that's how that works but then you went that's, a different route and so it was just funny
3: <clears throat> no but that's something i probably would have said so um it, it was so fun meeting him and watching and and just hearing the stories that come out of some of the people that have gone on and done other things and have come back i they're so cool. It makes you feel like, yeah, I know people. I think I do that about Chad too. I feel like, yeah, oh, I know Chad Anthony Miller. He
0: died on TV. We saw him.
2: I know Randall Raps. That's I come back to Lubbock. I'm no I know Beth Warfel Brown. I know Daniel Ballard. I worked with Heather May. I love those people. I have to say, like, being here for that six months was the most vivifying thing that I could have possibly done. I went back to New York and I was just so full of love and like I was just buoyed by all the talent that you guys brought consistently to everything that we did I'm I'm just sad that that we met right near the end of your time yeah
4: I wasted a lot of time (laughs)
2: <laughs> there's no way guys it was just like a preface for what's to come right like so, right. when
1: yeah, I come well, back yeah. and direct
2: something or when you come up to New York to be in something it wasn't yeah. when
1: you come back and do company so that I can try out for Bobby's like, don't,
2: don't be telling our secret Daniel <laughs> I'm just, we're working I, on it we're working on it yeah. I am I am artist for hire that's a lie I am artist for free so I will I will gladly yeah. work with, with anybody. I, I would love to help people realize their projects. I would love help realizing my projects. I think it's all about paying it forward and just getting that good juju out there. So I would love to be a, an asset and a mentor to other people. And I could stand a few mentors myself. So putting that out there, let's all build something together.
0: Building love something it. together. I think that's the, that's the... I mean, along the lines of what you were saying before, that the ultimate success is that you have joy and that you're bringing joy to other people. I think building... Something together is what, what I mean, what theater is, but specifically, definitely what community theater is.
2: It's, and I think we've been doing that since, like, time immemorial, right? Like, it's like the virtual campfire. We all mm-hmm. started in, in these convivial settings, sitting around telling these stories. It grew, you know, we grew closer together. Then it became the stage. Then it became real life. Then it became film and TV. Then it became, like, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Let's just continue to tell those stories and grow with each other. And sometimes that's going to agitate us. And that's great. And sometimes it's going to be pure escapism, and that's also great. But the point is we're doing it together, and we're learning something about ourselves and everyone else in the process.
1: What better way to end that? I don't think I can say anything
0: (laughs) better than that. So (laughs) I think that's a great place to sign off because that's pretty all-encompassing right right there. So we want to thank Chad for joining us this week. We want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. And um, I'll just say this has been Five Till Places. Thank Thank you, Five! Five Till Places is a production of Lubbock Community Theater. Sound on Tap is a production of KTTZ, Texas Tech Public Media, a PBS station, and can be found on kttz.org. Special thanks to our guest this week, longtime friend of LCT, Chad Anthony Miller. Our theme music is Pizza and Video Games by Bonus Points. Additional music this week was Beefus Part 1 by Philanthrope. Links to these artists and their work can be found in the show notes. Look them up, show them some support. Thanks for joining us this week. And as always, thank you for supporting local theater in the Lubbock, Texas area.